All right, so I'm sitting here with Peter Sellers, the author of many um, Mosaic Press books. And today we're going to talk about his upcoming novel, The Last Martini, which is a type of anthology, would you call it? Well, it's definitely an anthology. I mean, I call it a be- the, the Last Martini, a bedside companion, uh, because it's the kind of thing that you can, you can dip into um, and, you know, he's open to a random page and, and find something entertaining and valuable. Um, and also because it's all got to do with hangovers, um, <laughs> hence the, the title as well. Um, and so what, what the book is, um, is a collection of descriptions, scenes, anecdotes about people suffering from hangovers uh, culled over many years from works of literature. Uh, there are some song lyrics in there. Um, there's a couple of, uh, of scenes from movies. Sometimes there's scenes from a movie, and then also the the scene as it appeared in the novel from which it was derived. So you can do a comparison. Um, and there, you know, there's some poetry, and there's some just you know great quotes about about hangovers. And it's. Uh, it's just basically an entertaining, uh, way more fun than having a having a, a hangover in real life. <laughs> exactly. So, what inspired you to write this? Was it was it a bad hangover? <laughs> it was probably a bunch of bad hangovers. <laughs> and um, going back to the the eighties, and I started working on this with a friend of mine, Rob Milling, and um, and he did a lot of the early, some really really interesting early research into some of the historical. Uh, terminology before the word hangover came into common parlance in the early part of the 20th century and um, and finding some other early references to people um, uh, suffering in the morning and um, for some reason I just started noticing these um, these passages or these in some cases like many pages long sections of, of books and and in short stories and uh they just struck me some of them were really really funny and um and so i just started copying them down compiling them and building a file and then at some point i thought oh this would be a great book this make a great book and um that would have been in the early 80s i guess the first in my in my files the first uh, formal version of it that I have an early iteration um, that I sent out to try and entice some publishers in 1985. So it's almost 40 years ago. So it's 40 years plus that uh, that uh, I started working on this. Oh wow! So it's been a long time. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's been it's the longest hangover in history. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so so that's that's sort of how it started. Right. Just on a, on kind of on a whim. Wow. So it's quite the process of collecting and sifting through things. How did you even go about doing that and picking and choosing? I just copied down everything that I came across through my own reading mm-hmm. that I thought was interesting. And that was it. Right. Uh, there were, I read some. I thought, nah, that's, you know, that's it's there, but it's boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. There's nothing special about it. But sometimes, you know, the, the, the openings, the first scene where... Um, Bertie Wooster meets Jeeves. 
is all about Worcester being incredibly badly hung over <laughs> and Jeeves solving the problem for him and hence Jeeves is hired. It's a wonderful, wonderful scene. And um, so things like that, that, uh, and, and that just, um, just really had, they could sort of stand on their own. You could read it and it, 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 there was a completeness to it and it, uh, you, you could sort of surmise what came before. Um, and in a couple of cases, they're entire short stories. So one by Don Marquis, another one by Dorothy Parker, uh, entire short stories about people with hangovers. And um, yeah, it just, it's, it's, intended, it's intended to be fun uh, and it's intended to maybe inspire a rueful laugh on the part of some people. And in some cases, um, some of the, the, the excerpts uh, from serious works about, about alcoholism are, you know, they're pretty bleak. They're, they're, they're pretty grim. So it's not all, it's not just all chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. There's some really, really sad and tragic and, and moving scenes in there. Um, uh, and some of it uh, is, is, is collected uh, thematically um, and, and some of it's just kind of random and it's, uh, I, I don't know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it's enjoyable. <laughs> so tell me about the structure of the book. You said some of it's thematic and. Mm. Yeah. So for example, we'll have a, a section, uh, there's a section called hungover, but still working. <laughs> and that is about descriptions of people who are at work, obviously with, with hangovers. Um, there's, uh, you know, we, we go into, we have one, another one, I, Some Days of Samuel Pepys. And this is a bunch of excerpts from Pepys' diaries where he talks about being hungover. And, and the, you know, the things that they did back then in the, in the latter part of the 1600s to, uh, to deal with that. Um, so it's, um, you know, there, there's a bunch of, off the top of my head, of course, because I don't have this thing in front of me, I can't think of some of the other sections. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 kind of like it's like that. Yeah, it seems very relatable in a sense. Something. Well, I, you know, I tried to I tried to make it. I mean, if you've had a hangover, it's relatable, <laughs> that's for sure. So. Definitely, yeah, and and you know, being hungover at work is probably one of the worst things. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's right up there. Yeah. <laughs> so, what were some of the ups and downs of the whole process? Did you ever want to give up? Well, I did. Um, you know, I had. I, I sent it to a lot of publishers. Uh, I had a couple of meetings with, with some publishers, and a lot of these were like big, big names, big prominent publishers back in the 80s, and then some smaller presses, and everybody rejected it. And I would get the same kind of message, you know, uh, we don't know what to do with this. We don't know how to sell this. And, and I'm thinking, really? <laughs> like I was working in the ad business, and, and I thought, I know how to, I know how to I know how to sell this, right? I know exactly. I got a plan for what to do, but they never asked me. Um, and uh, and then there were there were a couple of comments, and this made some sense to me that it would be very very difficult to get permissions for all this stuff. And um, Jacqueline, you and I know that um, uh, it probably was difficult, <laughs> but it but you managed to do it, and and it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near the massive undertaking. So I think that was just mm-hmm. sort of a polite way of them turning me down with an <laughs> excuse that sounded plausible. And I mean, an, an awful lot of the book, like things from Dickens and, and as I mentioned, Peeps, that stuff's all in the public domain anyway. Right. So you don't need, you don't need to worry about that. Um, 
But, um, but after a while, and probably for a period about 20 years, I didn't do anything. I just, ah, heck with it, nobody's going to want to do it. And, um, and I would occasionally come across section, you know, hangover scenes, and I'd make note of them and that. But I, I, I stopped, they stopped, you know, sort of going into my file for the most part. And I, so I probably missed a ton. I mean, I know I missed a ton of great stuff. But, um, uh, and then I can't even remember, it was a few years ago now, I was talking with Howard Astor at Mosaic Press, who have published a bunch of my anthologies and a couple of my collections of stories. And um, I mentioned this book, and he just loved the idea. And then he, he went off to, I don't know if it was the London Book Fair or Frankfurt, one of those big, big book fairs in, in Europe. And he came back and he said, oh, everybody's really excited about this book. And um, so, and this was, you know, delightful. So I, 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 I sort of pulled it together, did, did a little more work organizing it. And then the idea got punted around for a bit and there were a couple of false starts, but Howard never gave, never, never lost his faith in the project. And um, all of a sudden, it seems, it was like, okay, I've got somebody who's going to make this happen and can you get me the, the, um, the manuscript on, uh, you know, a, 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 like a Word document of it, which I did. And, uh, and, all of, and, and the next thing I knew, all these permissions had been obtained <laughs> and, and the book is, is going to happen after 40 plus years, and which I, I, I'm quite astonished, actually. I'm, I'm delighted. And, um, yeah, cause it's really, it's really, it's really a fun, I, you know, I'm biased, but I think it's really a fun, a fun collection. And, um, and it's thanks to, it's thanks to Howard and thanks to you that this is going to be, uh, that this is going to be done and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's very satisfying to get a project out. And I feel like this happens to a lot of writers where things just go on the back burner or you lose inspiration. It seems too much of an undertaking, and I feel like that speaks to a lot of different projects. Mm-hmm. So it's good that, you know, power through, get it all done, and then then it becomes a physical book, and it's actually out there in the world. Well, I think over time, too, something that happened when I was first shopping it around, there was way more independence in publishing. And as publishing got more and more corporate and there became, you know, more holding company, companies and fewer independent uh, publishers and and fewer options for getting things like this out, which I, I I acknowledge this does not fit necessarily in some standard slot of uh, you know this that and the other thing. Um, I, that's another reason I sort of stopped thinking anybody would would want to do it, and um, you know, but Howard Howard is not like any other publisher. <laughs> Right. And he's put out, I mean, we've done books together since 1987 and uh, Howard just has this great ability to say yes. And then it gets done. You know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. I think also a book like this is somewhat of a deviation from other genres. Um, So what would you say would be a reason why someone would want to buy this book and why would they want to read it? Well, I think, you know, I think it's really entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great gift book. 
Um, I think it's a great bathroom book. <laughs> um, I think it's a great read sections out loud to one another kind of book. And I think it's, yeah, and, and it's just, there's something, I, I think, there's something just really, really satisfying about it. And, um, and I, th I honestly think if you've had a hangover, you know, uh, you know, there's no reason not to love it. Definitely. I can see that. So anything else you want people to know about the book, about your process? No, so not really. I mean, the, the process was pretty rudimentary. It was mm -hmm. like making notes on scra scraps of paper <laughs> and then, and then finding those pages again and, and, uh, way back typing this stuff out on an electric typewriter. Yes. <laughs> and then, and then having to transcribe it all onto, uh, onto a computer. So there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, effort, a lot of physical effort went into doing it, but no, yeah, it's just, it's just fun. And Hey, and you'll be able to buy copies of my bookstore. Sellers <laughs> and Newell secondhand books, six, seven, two college. Amazing. So that's a, that's a great place. People know exactly where to yeah, get it. it. <laughs> there's no excuses. Yeah. So, and we're not, I'm not, I, I, I don't know. I, some time in 2024, I believe it'll be out. Perfect. So, as you mentioned, um, it's it's a different book from you know what you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. You've written crime, mystery. What made you switch genres? What made you switch writing? And and were you ready to leave that genre? Just no. I mean, I was doing this at the same time. In fact, I was working on this before I ever sold, um, or around. I guess around the same time that I sold my first mystery story which was 1984 and um no it was just something else I like I say it just struck me as fun mm -hmm. it was fun to do and it was entertaining and uh and and that was it it's like you know that's that's kind of how I make a lot of decisions but is this going to be fun to do <laughs> oh yeah okay well let's do it you know and uh, and I I kind of foolishly I guess assumed that oh man people are going to be knocking themselves over to try and publish this baby <laughs> and that was not what happened but uh but in the end by being you know by just sort of keeping this thing alive even casually uh here we go you know it's just a matter of of, of putting the thing in front of the right person which happened entirely by accident and um there you go right so what does your partner think of all this the guy you started it with, Robert. Oh yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty surprised <laughs> because he had no idea that anything was going on with this. So we had we had lunch uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Hey, Rob, you never guess what's what's happening. Uh, this thing's going to come out." So yeah, so he's uh, he's pretty excited. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. one of those lost dreams. You yeah. think yeah, too much of an undertaking, and then all of a sudden, here yeah. it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's going to be nice to finally put it in front of his face and yeah, sift through it. Amazing. All right. So we're sitting in this fabulous, crowded bookstore. <laughs> and I'd love to hear more about it and the history of it. Where did it, when did you start it? Why? I I well, for the same, I opened this place in, in, in November of 2011. And I started it basically... The same way I started working on the last martini, I had, um, and I should explain where that title comes from. 
Oh, yes. Please do. There's a scene in um, the movie The Thin Man, which I believe was 1934, or mid-30s anyway, based on a novel by Dashiell Hammett, and with Nick and Nora Charles as this married couple who, who drink a lot and are also amateur detectives. And at one point, Nora wakes up with a terrible hangover, and she says to Nick, what hit me? And he says, it was the last martini. And uh, so that's where, that's, where I got, that's where I got the title, because that stuck with me since the first time I saw that film, which many decades ago. Um, anyway, um, <clears throat> so the bookstore sort of came about because I needed something to do. And I'd been in the ad business, and I was sort of getting aged out of that, and a lot of the people I did work with were retiring. Um, and, um, and I had no skills at all, but I had accumulated a couple of storage lockers full of books. And so I thought, eh, I'll open a bookstore, hunted around, looked at a bunch of different locations, just found this one, which I liked because it's, it's quirky and oddly shaped and everything, and opened the, the store just with basically no plan, just here's shelves and books and me. And, uh, and uh, I had my cousin David working for me for the first few years because he had experience in the, um, in the, in the secondhand book business. Um, and I was still working more or less full-time in the ad business on a, on a freelance basis. So I had some flexibility. And then after a few years, um, the advertising stuff got less and less. And so then I became, I, I became, uh, I was working here full time. And, um, and that's basically it. There was no real plan. It's like, oh, let's just do this and see what happens. And I guess, you know, the first couple of years, anybody with any brains would have shut it down. Right? <laughs> but, but I had nothing else to do. I mean, the sales were so pitiful. But then it started to it started to work, and uh, and uh, now you know I'm still here twelve years later. And that's amazing. Things are going fairly well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's amazing, and I think especially in Toronto, the independent bookstores are slim to none these days. Yeah, there's certainly. I used to keep a I used to keep a, a list of all the ones that had gone out of business since I since I opened. I haven't I haven't added to that in a long time. It was pretty depressing. Mm. Well, I mean, there's been more probably open recently, um, but there were there were an awful lot that closed since uh, you know in the last decade. Yeah, it's not very uplifting when you have your own store and you're watching everything happen in front yeah, of you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, it seems like this place is also a part of the community as well. Well, I mean, it has sort of become that. We do live music in here as well. I wanted uh, back in 2015. I wanted something to bring more people in and I'm not a big fan of book related events by and large. I, they don't, I'd done a couple and they never really made any difference to my business, but I love live music. And at that point, similar with bookstores, a lot of music venues were closing and I thought, and I had one of my, one of my customers, a, a great uh, trumpet player named Tim Hamill, who'd said to me, this would be a great place to for music it would sound good in here and so I thought well let's try it and see what happens so I got a, a really great Kevin Quain a really great singer-songwriter that I that I know and asked him if he would do a show here which he did 
and it was great. It was fabulous. The place was full. And, uh, and he said to me, it sounds great in here. This is a great place. And so that was it. So I started doing one show a month. Uh, the AC in here doesn't work. So I, was, I, would, I would not do them in the summer. But fall and uh, winter and spring, I would do shows. I started doing one a month. And uh, now I'm doing, well, in, in November of 2023, I did 17. Wow. So it's sort of grown. And I've had performers contact me from all over the world, from Australia and Nashville and the UK, all over Canada, um, uh, wanting, to, uh, wanting to play here, which I find incredible. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so it's it's um, it's really fun. That's amazing. And is it all varieties of music or do you yeah, stick to one? Yeah, it's a bunch of different types. I mean, I've had pretty much everything. I had a rapper from London in here, London, UK in here once. Wow. Um, a lot of jazz, mm-hmm. a lot of blues. Um, probably slightly more jazz than anything else, but I've had classical music. I've had performance art. Um, you know, I've had... All kinds of things. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. Anything I think will be interesting and fun to listen to. Definitely. So, what do you got going on for the new year? Anything coming up soon? Well, I'm I'm on hiatus right now. <laughs> uh, we did our last show on the 12th of December, and the next one's 12th of January. Okay, nice. Uh, just because people have so much stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But I think I've got about 30 shows booked in the new year already, with a bunch wow. more pending. That's yeah. great. No, it's great for the community, too, yeah. to be able to come on and listen to music and shop for books. <laughs> well, that's a lot of people who, who live nearby do really like the fact that it's close. And some of the, <laughs> some of the performers who, who play here live in the neighborhood, and they love it because yeah. it's close. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. And also, the audience here is like everybody's here to listen to the music, and you don't get that a lot of places anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, make a lot of bars are pretty noisy. Yeah, exactly. 